Welcome to episode 36 of the Current Gen Podcast. My name is Tim. I'm here with Dan and Derek. Good evening, almost morning. Oh, it is morning for you guys. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. It is. Yeah. Top of the morning it to is. you. Well, uh, it is a Friday night, so these guys don't have school tomorrow. They can stay up as late as they want. We're actually time travelers right now, Derek and I, technically, because we're in tomorrow while you're still in today. That's true. You guys probably know what the final vote counts are. Yeah, get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should take his own advice, right? <laughs> get Drain him out the swamp. Of I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, what the good news is, uh, all of you listening, and this goes for us too, who are on the show talking right now. We've heard so much about politics and culture and world stuff. The good news is, we're going to take this time, this break, to talk about. Just superficial, not that important stuff. That's what makes this fun, is we get to talk sure. in very oh, with we very gonna, serious I opinions. We break down the electoral college. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, we can have very serious opinions, sure. and we can actually get really fired up and mad at each other about things that aren't that important. That's what makes it fun. So, um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoy as you're listening to this this break from the madness, whatever is happening as you're listening. So. We're going to start talking about some stuff we're playing. We're going to jump then into kind of a review of this past gen. You know, what's interesting about this is that the generation actually had a few different start times and then like a couple different waves. It's been a weird generation, so we'll get into that. But also, it's not over yet because the Switch is going to continue for the foreseeable future until we hear otherwise from Nintendo. And really, the PS4 and Xbox One aren't going away anytime soon. I mean, those are still going to be relevant consoles at least for i'm gonna say a year and a half maybe two years um, i mean it depends i mean at each generation it's fluctuated like playstation 3 they like kept it going for like what a like a year or two afterwards I, I, like actually i'm curious what you guys think my prediction is that ps4 will be more relevant keep getting sold and keep having games made for it longer than the xbox one whether it's the one x or ps4 pro i think that whatever some version of the ps4 will continue reason i think that seems pretty obvious it's got so many in households it's going to take them forever to feel comfortable with letting it go so they're gonna to have to keep supporting it with i think with versions of games for it what do you guys think which one will hold on longer well i mean the ps5 is backwards compatible so you kind of have that going for it although but it's expensive um well so is the xbox people get series really... x is backwards compatible too yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, the backwards compatibility helps with like carrying over into the new generation and not that. That's yeah. why it is important and people do get huffy about it. Some people act like it's not a big deal, but it's like you don't want to have like a billion machines lying around. You, you just want to condense everything to one. Yeah, it lets um, you let go of the last like gen. Like the Xbox One. And also the limitations, right? Because I mean, like, like for instance, uh, Spider-Man is also going to be, uh, Miles Morales also going to be on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, that Sackboy Adventures is going to be on PS4. Like there are ga- um, Horizon also going to be on PS4. So people assume, well, this is being held back then because you're also putting it on this older system and not just from the ground up building it for this new system. So right. So I don't know. I so guess that's, it depends. That's my issue. Like 
to answer Tim's question, the easy answer is wherever the money goes is what happens. So if they're still making a ton of money, um, and it makes between the sense, two, which is more likely to stop getting manufactured and sold first? Which one is going to last? Uh, however you want to look at it, you know which I mean, one is going to be makes, taken off shelves. It would make know? sense that the they would hold on to the PS4 more just because it's more powerful and in more houses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what I, the point I was going to try to get to is that this generation is a little bit different than the other generations because yeah. anytime we went to a new generation, most of the time, the big change was graphically. And while we are obviously getting a little bit more intense graphics-wise, I think the big change is the SSD and how quick everything works and yeah. loads and all that. And that does impact video games more than just graphics 100 so yeah that was why i was saying they're gonna go wherever the money goes but i actually think it's kind of an annoying thing and i've never been you know this is the first time anybody will ever hear me say this this is the first time where i'm like last gen is literally gonna hold back this gen and that's kind of annoying and because there's so many different systems that's the other thing that's annoying is cyberpunk. We would have it right now if there wasn't 5,000 different consoles. Yeah. The game that itself is had the, gone they gold, actually but they're trying came to make out it work and said, on everything. They yeah. actually came out and said the PC and next gen versions are ready to go. It's last gen that's holding us back. Yep. Meaning that they've already gone gold. The game is done. But when they actually try to test it and run it, they're like, nope, this is probably having too many uh, frames per second drops or it doesn't work right here. Or There's bugs here because it's crashing. And so that's the other issue I have with it. Like you want these consoles, like Dan was saying, to be backwards compatible because you want to eventually get to a point where, no, we really just have to make for this one console um, because that's where you it will make it easier for you to optimize the games and also utilize what both these new consoles do have, and that's SSD. And they used it more Sony than Microsoft, but they used it as a selling point for how it's going to change the way we game. And I feel like that feels more like a marketing thing than it's actually going to be a reality just because as long as they're making games for last gen, yeah, kind of holding back any uh, utilization of the SSD um, beyond like doing what they're doing with Ratchet and Clank, and that's saying, "Hey, we've made this game that's going to swap without loading." Blah blah blah. So as you can see, it's apparently, and they can always change, not coming to PS4. But you know what's interesting to me? Everything you're saying, I, I agree with. I do think that the graphical improvements are going to be smaller than they've ever been to be honest with you like they're going to be there and there's going to be more k's and ray tracing and all that stuff but it's just not going to be as noticeable um i do think you're right it has to do with processing power and load speed and time between you know when you fast travel and things like that and those are going to be huge improvements which is which is why it's a little i wonder what it is that makes developing for last gen systems so much more difficult basically you're just developing a a game that's going to load slower um, but I guess I guess there are differences there because you're trying to make sure that you don't miss out on the graphical upgrades and processing speed of new consoles, um, but that it still is compatible with old ones. You know, I don't 
I'm not a programmer, so I, we can only sit here and guess at what that stuff is. But we'll we'll look back at this gen of consoles and talk about things we liked, didn't like, what we thought about the mid-generation leap that uh, all three companies made in different ways. Um, and then we will wrap it up with some headlines. Uh, we've got some reactions and reviews coming in already on those new consoles that are dropping. Well, by the time you're listening to this, they're dropping this week. So... We've got some reviews and stuff like that to talk about. But before we do that, let's talk about things we're playing, things we're watching. Dan, what are you playing this week? Are you still raising them dinosaurs? I was, and then you guys rudely interrupted me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How many islands have you uh, gone through? Well, I've, I've unlocked most of them, I think. But I'm go- So essentially what I'm doing, because you've played it, uh-huh. um, there's those three different meters at the bottom of the different sort of um, uh, contracts, the two, three yeah. different people. It's like security like, and entertainment and, and science, science. Yeah. And and the meters you build up, you basically do contracts with these individuals. Um, as you build up the meters, it unlocks new things. Um, and like I said on the last episode, you, you can't play sandbox mode just right out the gate with everything unlocked, which I think is annoying because mm. essentially you're going to each Island and you're doing these contracts with these people on these different, on these different islands with different um, scenarios um and i don't know i feel like by the time i get to that point where everything is unlocked it's like i've already experienced so much of the game am i gonna feel like doing sandbox mode really oh that's a good point um because i've already because i'm i'm playing on all these different islands that the layouts are different so like it's a more unique experience than the sandbox where i'm just choosing the one island and be like now i'm doing whatever i want but it's like i kind of was already sort of doing that just like having less stuff so i Mm. don't know Gotcha. Um, but I am still enjoying the game. It's super fun. Um, it is. It's actually very pretty for this style of game. It does have HDR. Um, my TV like lets me know like, hey, HDR is on. Um, so that I think that maybe helps with the lighting because the lighting is actually pretty nice. Um, the uh, like when it rains, like when a storm comes in and everything's all like wet. Um, the textures of like the uh, the trees and the environment like actually look really nice. Nice. Um, the people that the um, people coming to the park don't look super great, but like you can't zoom in so much where like it looks like that dude from the Spider-Man game that they found out and they found out in the boat out in the middle. Of the, uh, do you remember that? Yeah. The, the block face dude from yep, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. It, like it's not like it looks like that or anything, but um, they don't look super detailed. So, but you don't have, you don't zoom in so much where you notice that anyways, but Gotcha. Um, the environments in general are, are pretty. So. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just still playing that. I'm still playing Genshin Impact. Um, that's still pretty fun. Uh, but it is, the, the gotcha stuff is getting kind of annoying. Mm. Like, basically when you're accumulating these primo gems to potentially sort of uh, lottery hope. Basically, it's like a lottery of getting characters and items and you want to get the five-star character, but it's, like, less than 1% chance. But, like, it takes a long time to build up these gems, or you pay money to get some. Got um, it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I have, like, some pretty decent characters, but this is one new character that she basically throws, like, these little, like, explosive, like, jelly things. Um, and it's actually pretty helpful because she's basically, like, long range. Um, and fire is pretty helpful because there's a lot of enemies that have, like, wooden shields. Um, so basically if I had her, I could just lob these little fire explosives at them and from afar and then switch out the character as the shield burns off of their arm. 
That does sound a little bit Legend of Zelda like. Yeah, burning off the shields. Um, but in Zelda, I just go find those things, and I don't have to pay extra money for it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or play or play an obscene amount of hours to potentially find that item or whatever. So is that game? Um... Does it push you along with the story, or do you find yourself just kind of repeating quests and missions to grind up levels and whatever else? Well, right now I have been doing that, um, but the story is still going. And I guess like th- this is going to be one of those games where they just kind of keep opening up more chapters. I guess oh, okay. uh, there's, a, there's an update coming soon, a pretty decent size update apparently, um, and it's going to be the conclusion of the chapter of the second area in the game, which I actually haven't even started that story yet. Okay. I've just been running around and trying to accumulate items for leveling up my characters and weapons and everything. Have you so. tried this on phone yet? How does it look and play on phone? Have you tried um, I actually did. Um, it, it is actually pretty nice looking. Hmm. Uh, just the, the character models don't look as detailed. Okay. Um, and I'm playing on my phone, which is like not a big phone. It's the, um, is it the 11? I think it's the 11. I forget. Um, so it it actually almost looks not jaggedy, but I don't know. It actually looks better on my on my PlayStation, I think. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, on a bigger yeah. screen. Yeah, I so. imagine that the the phone version is what they'll eventually launch. Because isn't it coming to Switch too? I think it's coming to Switch. I maybe. I think I, 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 I feel like I saw remember. it listed as coming to Switch, but maybe yeah. they're just. I don't remember to be honest. That tends to be the pattern is if it hits phone, then it's probably yeah. going to come to Switch. It'll too, make total sense on the Switch. I think it'll actually be a nice uh place for it so i think so i think yeah. so too well speaking of switch i grabbed uh windbound it was on sale not a huge sale it was like 22 bucks instead of 30 but um so i grabbed it it's one of those games that got wrecked in reviews i was looking forward to it i was kind of semi-hyped for it that looked really cool a little wind waker vibe okay i um, thought it was that one yeah yeah so it's a survival game where you uh there's very little dialogue in it it just starts you off right away as um this girl who was shipwrecked on an island and you start with nothing and you start gathering rocks gathering these these bunches of grass um then eventually you can craft this grass slingshot and this grass boat you can start hunting little animals if you've got good enough aim you can start chopping down trees you have one little knife so you can cut down some small broken trees to make sticks which eventually you can build fire and then you can start cooking the meat that you got you also eat it raw because if you eat it raw it restores some health but it makes you feel sick for a little while. So um, it's a survival game through and through. And it's Hmm. just basically wind waker survival mode. There's really not much in terms of story there. There is a little bit, but not, I don't recommend it based on story. I honestly don't recommend it based on combat either. And this is what I told Derek on Facebook too, is that it's not a game that I think he would enjoy because there's not a great story or like set of characters that are going to be really compelling. Mm -hmm. And the combat's just fine. The combat gets the job done. The game is really appealing because it's wide open. It's procedurally generated. Every okay. time you die, even if you set it on adventure mode, which lessens the penalty for, for dying, it still resets the map. So you still mm. start off in a brand new spot, and now you've got new islands with new combinations of resources and, and creatures. So, so is um, it permadeath? Like, do you it die? can be. You can okay. do a permadeath version where it's uh, Iron Man mode, where you go as long as you can, and then you're done. You start okay. all over. You can do a mode where you still keep certain upgrades um, mm. where, you you know, certain shards that you've gotten um, as you get into the game, you'll, you'll see some upgrades you can make, but everything else is gone. Everything you had stored in your inventory, the boat that you've built, it's all gone. And then there's adventure mode where your boat stays intact. All of your inventory, wherever you were storing it is still there. Just the map resets. 
So I'm finding it to be a pretty fun game. Visually, it's very charming. Uh, not perfect, but very charming. Reminds me of Wind Waker, watching the water and stuff like that. Um, it is not a forgiving game. Your stamina and health meter goes down fast. So you have to find berries and hunt animals quick. And right as you, I kind of lost track of keeping an eye on that. Because next thing I knew, as I was exploring some cool looking island, I realized I'm nowhere near food. I'm all out of berries. And sure. I ate the only piece of meat that I had gotten and cooked. And I'm screwed. So I died. And then you got seasick. <laughs> well, what happens when your stamina and starving runs out, then it just starts chipping away at your health little by little. And then eventually you yeah, die. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, it um, it can be very stressful. So yeah. if that isn't your jam, I don't recommend it. But if you uh, like survival games and you're okay with inventory management is a mess in this game. And um, it's it's a mess because it's so poorly done. Like it's not yeah. easy to move things around and it's very limited. Like if you like, eight spots to hold stuff and you have, you have to gather everything. So then you can eventually make a little basket that sits in your boat, but you have to run back to your boat to put stuff in that. And that can only hold five things at a time. And then eventually after a while you can craft a little pouch and that gives you a few more slots. So I think they did that on purpose. Like they want you to really um, value those inventory spots and then uh, really value upgrading. It's just mm. frustrating. I think it's a very frustrating mechanic. Um, so again, it yeah. has like a tropical looking setting. Yeah. But then it's like stressful. So it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like going to Hawaii, but then like not doing anything interesting and like I don't know, yeah. working. Honestly, that's vacation. it. It's a very peaceful game. Visually, sound wise yeah. the the music is really, really good. Um really pretty. Go. Um so it's it's one of those games that's visually and, and audio wise very appealing. Uh gameplay wise, it's fine to good. It's somewhere in that kind of above average range um but not not amazing i do like the way that the boat mechanic uh that i've used so far works so i like it don't love it but i like it if you're interested in it, i would say just hang on it'll eventually be on a game pass or something you know it'll be it'll be somewhere for most people at some point but the one i wanted to talk about too and i'm sure derek's been playing this more this week as well is after our recording session last week i went ahead and and subscribed to Uplay plus so uh, I downloaded a few U- Ubisoft games, but most importantly, the one I want to talk about is Watch Dogs Legion. And I know Derek talked about it last week, but I just wanted to give my take on uh, on Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I, I think for, I'm playing on PC, obviously, because Uplay Plus is only on PC. Mm. Um, but I think this game looks amazing until you really zoom into the faces. Mm. And it looks fine. There's something weird with the facial hair. And I don't know what it, I tried okay. messing with my settings. I thought maybe I've got some weird setting with some kind of anti-aliasing or shading or something that I've got going on. Cause the beards, all the facial hair looked weird, but I can't get it to look right. So I think the, I think it's almost like they attempted to actually have pores and hair coming out of each yeah. pore. Like it, it, it just seems the, the facial hair just looks weird. And the hair is very tricky in. in games. It seems it is. I almost wish for the beards. They would have just had like, you know, solid, textures just yeah, make yeah. it like a solid looking beard but otherwise uh i think the game looks gorgeous driving around the city at daytime or at nighttime looks amazing and because i've got this installed on my ssd it loads so fast the only time i have to wait is when it initially loads and i first start up the game i have to you know it takes maybe i don't know 30 seconds something yeah. like that to load into the game at the start but all the other fast travels switching between characters it goes to a loading screen and that takes around four or five seconds at nice. the most 
So yes. I'm, I'm loving how quickly it loads because it is a really big and really pop, um, densely populated game. It's very impressive to me. I wasn't hitting the issues Derek talked about last week with too much traffic. I mean, there's a lot of cars, but I'm able to zip around uh, pretty well. Um, it is funny, too, that since it's supposed to be a futuristic-ish setting, not cyberpunk-type futuristic, but close, yeah. you know, it's near like future. Near future, but slightly further. You can tell by the vehicles and the weapons and stuff, it's not quite modern day. It's a little advanced and, um, and by the technology too, but, um, the cars are, a lot of them at least are auto, uh, auto driven. Okay. So when you go to steal a car, sometimes you'll pull someone out, but usually there's no one in there. You just get in oh. and take over. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. driving somewhere on its own. You're like, all right, well, I'm just, yeah, you just right hop in. in and take over. So yep. what do you, do you hack it? Like, no, to... you can, you can, but otherwise you just walk up just like Grand Theft Auto style and, and hold a button to steal it. Okay. Um, but, but it has I, a steering I, wheel though. It, uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really am digging this game. It, uh, there's a couple of things that it struggles with. And I wonder Derek, if you agree with this, that I feel like keep it from being a great game. Number one, the facial stuff kind of bugs me. Some of the lip syncing and facial hair just isn't quite right, but otherwise visually it's really pretty. It's just some of the, the, the characters, don't look great. But the other big thing, and I'm noticing it now that my my um, dead sex squad is really growing. I think I've got like 20 or so that I've recruited so far. And I've used a bunch of them. And as you switch between them, the voices are clearly some of the same actors with some kind of voice alteration tech. Mm. They're that's trying to make them sound different. That's what I was reading. And the, one yeah. of the girls in particular, she's like a hacker character. So she's really handy on certain missions where you need to be able to quickly hack in and out of stuff and take down drones, whatever. But her voice is so annoying because it's clearly a modulated voice that was on another character. Hmm. So that's annoying to yeah. me. I, I, I don't right know why that, they, yeah. why do you think they did that? Was that? Well, cause just, I mean, look how many people you can recruit. It's everyone. So <laughs> I know, but could it yeah, have been that expensive to pay some no name voice actors? Because, well, I don't know if it's the expense as much as it would be the time to yeah. have them. Well, that too. Re- yeah, like record these lines. I mean, and if you get some no-name, like kind of mediocre voice actor, like then people yeah, are going to complain about those voice actors being mediocre, you know. I really think it's just they're trying to use what I imagine is going to be text that they'll be able to use in the future that will work correctly. You know, that's, that's a good in point. in the early stages to get it to sound right. But right now, a lot of the characters not only sound the same, but they sound like robotic. Like, yeah, their voices are being modulated to make them sound like mm. different people, even though they're the same, clearly yeah. the same voice actor. And I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it makes sense because I just finished one main storyline, a series of missions, um, without giving anything away. It's a series of missions called like 404. It has to do with this thing called Daybreak actually really interesting at the end. The last couple of missions were actually surprisingly intriguing story-wise. Mm-hmm. But whatever character you decide to use, that's the character who's in the cutscenes and who's having these conversations. And there's actually a major decision to make at the end of that quest line. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that character that you pick is the one doing all the talking. So I guess that makes sense that they want to make sure they have seasoned voice actors acting out those scenes because they are pretty can be voice intensive and they're trying to figure things out, but they also want them to sound different. So they just give them a little modulation here and there. Um, Along with that, they do seem to have what I think is actually a nice touch, but it's glitching on me. They have this, these moments where you're talking over radio or phone or whatever with your whole squad. 
and the face of the person talking is supposed to pop up, but oftentimes it shows me the wrong face. <laughs> so it'll be a female voice on a guy's face, or it'll show the computer symbol when the AI is supposed to be talking, but another okay. character is talking. There's just little things like that that aren't quite fine tuned. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not taken away from the experience. It's really not. Those are minor gripes. I think the gameplay is a lot of fun. I think it's fun to do both run in kind of guns blazing because there are some really fun weapons and um, you can use some drones to really do some damage too as you upgrade those. Or you can go in stealth and there's lots of really fun stealth options too. Uh, I love the spider bot. It's my favorite little toy to use. The spider bot's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It, yeah, I play it kind of like yeah. how I play Assassin's Creed and that's... Like you I'll try to sneak first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just start But sometimes throats. like if I look <laughs> in the area and I can see there's not many guys, I'll just go in guns blazing. But overall, I'm pretty far into it. I actually think I'm, I don't know how close I am. I won't try to predict it, but <clears throat> I'm pretty far into it. Um, I definitely completed the set of missions that Tim was talking about earlier um, that had a cool little at the end, like an actual decision you make that's, I would, I'm sure it plays out somewhat the same, but it feels important. In fact, I was, came to the decision, I was like, hmm. Maybe I should Google it to see which ones. Yeah. Left. I was like, yeah. no. I was curious of the other. Yeah. I just decided to go with. I was like, did you go I with like this did... whole session? There's a person talking to you on a monitor there. Did you do what they suggested or did you do the other thing? Uh, I'm guessing I did what they, they suggested. Yeah, that's what I did, too. So yeah. um, here's the thing. I think this game is. Um, absolutely amazing i said it last week and i love it even more this week it's definitely my surprise of 2020 which we talked about how i didn't have much hype for it um and Watch Dogs 2 is still to me a letdown even though i try to go back to it this game is just i don't i can't fully explain why i love it but i absolutely adore it like i just i get into it and it could just be london maybe i just really love london but it's a cool city. The setting is great. Yeah, I, I just love being in this little playground. And, and that's really what it feels like to me. Yes, yep. I am doing story missions. I wouldn't say I'm really caring about the story or really paying attention. I got the gist of it. And I do think some of the stuff they're doing is pretty cool. But for the most part, what I'm really enjoying is just recruiting uh, mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. and just playing like just going yep. in this london playground and having fun yep. um do you like that the world like. isn't quite as big as some open world games do you like that it's more compact yeah because i honestly don't get the whole like the worlds need to be absolutely huge like for instance like assassin's creed odyssey to me was <laughs> way too big because mm -hmm. things start looking um the same anyways and not to mention i don't know i can't speak for everybody i'm sure there's somebody who's explored every single part of every part of assassin's creed odyssey but for me like that's not something i would do i wouldn't be like well i'm just gonna explore just to explore like i might do the i'll just explore to explore if it's a smaller area but if it's a huge yeah. big map that you have to fast travel to and all that stuff no i don't i don't care to do that yeah, like the, in this game you can fast travel but i find i really never do it because i just 
I just drive from one location to the next. I like driving. Oh man, I use the driving is fun, but I use fast travel all the time. The fast travel they they have in this is actually really really well done and it makes it easy if you don't feel like driving everywhere because they pretty much every landmark is a fast travel point Mm. you open up the map and there's just this little white circle with a line through it and you can just fast travel to any of those spots they're all over the place which is pretty handy um i find that to be helpful you know i have had a couple of moments that could have been really cool and yet a little game glitchiness or kind of jankiness messed things up for me um I had this mission where I was using a cargo drone to escape at the end and I got on the drone, but for some reason the drone kind of, as I got on it, for some reason it kind of glitched and then I was off to the side and my character fell and died. So I, I failed that mission. I was in the last step of the mission, which was get to safety or escape the area. And mm. because I died on that last little moment, I failed it. And there's no way to like load an autosave or to go back or try the mission again. It's just that mission's failed. Ah. And that was a character I was trying to recruit. I've actually had three or four characters that I'm trying to recruit that now I have to, I guess, wait or something because I failed. And one time it was my fault. The other three times it was some weird game glitchiness moment. Like one time I was supposed to steal a car. And I'm not kidding. As I hijacked the camera to look to see where the car was, it showed all of a sudden I, I got a view of the car and the car kind of started spazzing out like it was having trouble loading in the right spot. Yeah. And then landed right beside this, uh, these explosive barrels and blew up. <laughs> sure. And of course. So I, so I failed because and then the guy came on. He was like, I don't think the client wanted to, or, you know, the, they wanted us to, to do that to the car. And I was like, yeah. well, I, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> yeah. So little moments like that have, have taken away some of the fun, but, um, overall Derek's right. It is a, it is a very, very good game. It, it's here's where I think it could be truly excellent. Get rid of this concept of you don't have a central protagonist. Let me have a central protagonist who is the main voice actor, who does most of these scenes, who is the main one communicating. Still let me recruit people. Let me recruit and control other characters. Love that idea. I think that's great. But have a central character that you pick at the beginning, and that's your main person for the story. That would have made this thing a lot more, oh, I guess, meaningful to me at least, and um, uh, and more uh, compelling. With all these random characters that seem very randomly generated, like I unlocked a spy character. And Derek, did you get the spy yet? I, yeah, I got a female spy. Yeah. Is she old? Not super old, but probably in her 40s. I've got a female spy who's old, and she keeps talking about like, I'm not ready to go out the pasture yet. And I'm like, why are you the spy? Why couldn't the spy be someone much cooler? So I think that stuff is pretty randomized. I don't know yeah. for sure. Um, and so that's why it feels less... To me, it's a little harder to to latch onto it like I would um, other games, just because there's not central characters the way that I like. But those are those are minor gripes. Overall, it's a very enjoyable game. Really like it, and I think I'll wrap up the the main story through line uh, before we get to Assassin's Creed. I can't wait for Assassin's Creed this week. Yeah, so that's pumped. that's kind of my plan. I'm gonna I'm on vacation right now. I really want to try to finish it before Tuesday. I think it's possible. I'm not going to rush it and ruin my time with it because I yeah. am enjoying it a lot. Um, Some of the villains are cool characters though, right? Like yeah. um, Nigel just, and then um, the lady dealt Kelly. With the She's Kelly really way. creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dealt with her. Yep. So they've got some really compelling villain characters because they're static characters. They can't change. Um, it's the hero characters, the, all the dead sec crew that 
it's a little harder to latch on to because they're kind of random and their voices so sometimes sound Here's funky. what I was thinking about with this game that I thought would be really cool, like really cool. And I feel like more games should try to do this going into next gen, gen when we sit here and we talk about how can we make games better or different or feel fresh or new. I feel like this game and games like Red Dead, or not really Red Dead, Grand Theft Auto Five, they were kind of like, dabbling in it and i feel like if somebody would full-on go into it i think this could be a pretty cool concept or i don't know maybe it'll suck but i was thinking like for a game like watchdogs where you've got this open world play it mainly as single player people like playing their single player games we cannot deny that people like their multiplayer games people like both and so on i think there's a way to do these games both and what i mean by that is i feel like you should have a central protagonist and you should be able to recruit other people on your team. And then I think missions shouldn't always, especially when you're like, think about it this way in the real world. If we were doing this, if we were in watchdogs Legion and we're creating dead sec and we're recruiting for dead sec, why the hell am I just running a mission by myself? Then I wait <laughs> yeah. for me to die. And then I, one of my other recruits goes, Oh, I guess I got to fill in. Why yeah. wouldn't multiple people from my group go on this mission? Okay. So what I was thinking in my head is, Yes, for like little side missions and exploring the world and stuff like that, you just have, you know, your single player or whatever. Then for like main story missions, not all of them, but for a good amount of them, you can set up like they do with like the division where you can connect online with other players and you could take on this mission with maybe two or three other random players or your friends yeah. or whatever. And they're in your game completing that mission. That'd and then. Fun. After that, they just go away. You've completed that mission. Or if you don't want to connect with people to keep it single player, you can still have team members on your team in that mission with you. So you're controlling you, but the other two or three people are in that mission as well, completing it, making the mission a little bit more uh, bigger, a little bit more difficult, and more teamwork. Yeah. That's what I yeah. think they could do for the future to incorporate both single player and multiplayer and give the player the choice like no 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 i want to stick to single player but i'm still gonna have ai partners kind of like they do yep. with like ghost recon or allow the multiplayer for just those missions and then once that mission is completed then you go back into your single player campaign and i think that could be a little cool little thing and the reason i brought up like grand theft auto 5 is in grand theft auto 5 they keep you playing single player but you can switch from each main character well, why not just do that, but have other people controlling those other characters at the same time? Yeah. So, so I yeah, think it, that's it, call. something that they're already dabbling on with certain games, like they're like with the division, they're like, yeah, you can play it completely solo or you can throw in uh multiplayer or throw it on with or play with other people, but they don't really, those games feel more like, uh, not MOBOs. What's the word? MMOs, MMOs, mm -hmm. they do. Then they, do. they yeah. do like a single player game. Like I don't feel like when I'm playing Watch Dogs Legions that I'm playing an MMO. It's not. That's not that. It's a single player game. My point is that you could throw in that multiplayer aspect or that co op aspect for just a mission, and it's up to the player, but still feel like you're getting a story driven game. You know what? And, and this the reason why I use this game as an example. You can keep the focus on you being one central character that's that maybe you pick, you create or whatever, 
but then everybody you recruit is on your team. And so right. you're still utilizing that team. And because the whole, I think the whole reason they don't have one central character and they let you switch from each character is, is they're saying, hey, instead of leveling up your character, let's just say Derek is a spy. Dan is a paramedic. So he's got all these health abilities. And Tim is a douchebag. Um, so he has, has best class, douchey, obviously. Yeah, douchey uh, special skills. <laughs> so that's why they want you to just like switch them instead of like upgrading one character that does everything. I feel like they should just let you pick the character that you want and level it up the way you want. You want to be like a spy type character, level up like a spy. But then also, oh my God, these cats are louder than kids. I was gonna say, is there people in the house? These are just cats with these. I mean, well, I haven't at heard one anything. Point to... I got nervous because I'm like, somebody just break in. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything. If that really helps, at I mean, all. It's, not that, it's not that loud. loud. Like, it's not that loud for us, at least. But um, I, the one thing I would add on to that is that uh, I, the difficulty there is that pretty much every character in Watch Dogs can do the same thing, and there's a few little perks they might have, which mm-hmm. is cool, or they might bring a weapon with them, that, or a, or a vehicle they have access to. But in general, and that is one thing I meant to mention this, I should have written this down, but I'm glad you reminded me to me. That is one major drawback of this game compared to uh, the second game, despite what people might think about the second game's characters or settings or whatever. That's totally legit. But the second game had a ton of uh, RPG light mechanics and upgrades Mm -hmm. and all these different upgrade trees. This game has a incredibly basic set of upgrades. It's super, super basic. It's all about who you recruit and skills they come with. And then a very basic set of things you can upgrade. Nothing wrong with that. It's totally fine. It's not like the game is worse because of it, but I did notice a major change in the way they rolled that out for this one. Well, they, they exchanged a giant massive skill tree with, specific like all these different individual characters that have right. more concentrated you know collection of of manageable skills that you see and you're like all right well they can do this handful of stuff and that's more correct. manageable so correct yeah so you know, like someone who's got good melee damage or defense you're gonna have them go do the the brawling competitions and stuff so yes that stuff does make sense um it just gives you less control over it and it's a little more random and it's again it's fine for the experience that they've created here i'm very impressed with it and i think it works fine but it is certainly is notable that it is a is a shift away from from Watch Dogs 2 for sure um but hey listen we need to talk about the current gen since that's the name of our podcast of consoles Let before, the, before, before we, they go away before we go to the next one i just want to say not about watchdogs but i wanted to say real quick I also purchased Dirt 5, and so oh, the reason wow. I wanted to mention this is Dirt 5 is kind of like this next-gen racer, but racing games usually are not that hard on hardware, so they're pretty easy to get to like 60 frames per second while still making them look beautiful. So I was really interested in Dirt 5 because that's kind of, I think, I think that's really the only racer coming out for next-gen. Hmm. And it launched, um, well, today the standard version, but there wasn't a, a more expensive version that launched three days ago. But anyway, so I uh, tried it out, um, played probably about an hour, hour and a half of it. And that is a pretty graphically intense game. Like hmm. if you want it to, if you want to make it look pretty and add all the bells and whistles, cause this game is an AMD game. So there is no DLSS in, in it for PC because I'm playing on PC. Um, 
which means they're not going to have anything special for consoles either. Uh, it's really heavy. Like if you're going to turn the graphics up and turn all the effects that they have on, um, I it runs at like 30 frames per second. And I'm like, well, what do I have to do to get it to 60? And I had to turn it down a good amount to where I was like, no, I don't like that. So I've never had that issue with <laughs> racers. Like I can play Forza Horizon, which is an open world racer. This is not an open world racer. And I can run it at anywhere from 60 to 100 frames per second based off of like the settings and, and whether I'm on 4K or 1440p and all that. So it kind of blew me away. But then as I was racing and paying attention to the game, I kind of realized why it's so graphically heavy because they have so many reflections from all the mud, like all the mud reflects everything. Like there's just a lot going on. There's a bunch of racers on there as well and things flying around. There's a lot going on. That's that is really heavy. So this is what next gen is. Next gen Mm. isn't just making things prettier. Obviously it's the goal, but it's, uh, it's, it's about adding more detail and adding more things going on to the experience. And they're even doing it with like racers and, um, yeah. More it realistic kinda, detail kinda, to things like mud for, I mean, that's insane. Like yeah. realistic looking mud. Like that's yeah, not anything. So that's I was ever like mattered. driving and I was just staring at the mud. Cause there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, and this game is pretty cool because it's not, even though it's called dirt, you're not always racing in dirt. The, mm. the, the tracks change all the time. Like I'm not saying one track, I'm saying, literally one track changes in that race from Mm -hmm. mud to asphalt to gravel to you know it just switches like they constantly switch you the area you're in in that one track that you're racing so it gives you a different feel because every surface you're on changes the way your car drives um and anyway so when i was in the mud i was just staring at the mud i'm like look at all the reflections and all of it flying up slowing your car down um it it's it's pretty like i said graphically intense so i'm actually curious and i'm still waiting this is what i'm waiting for uh and we'll talk about it in a second like when we get to all these reviews and stuff but like i want to see the comparisons i want to see how powerful these consoles really are um and compare it to what i'm running on my pc to see which way to go i think any game that has dlss pc wins automatically like any like for instance watchdog legion has dlss i know i'm playing on something the consoles cannot compete with like graphically um and i don't even have i have a decent card i don't have the most powerful so i'm curious to see what the specs are going to be on all these games because there could be some games where i just go you know what yeah i'll pay the extra ten dollars to play it on a console because it is more comfortable and it's running either the same or better um, because the PC version doesn't even have DLSS. So I'm a little bummed Dirt doesn't have that because it definitely could utilize that uh, effectively because that game is draining as heck. But um, I just wanted to mention it. It's a cool game. I know I didn't really talk about the game. I just talked about the next-gen aspects of it. But it's a really fun racer. It's definitely different from what I normally play. Um, and it does have like a single-player campaign that's actually narrated by troy baker and huh. what's the other dude's name 
Nolan, Nolan North. North. Nolan North. They're like it's, a it's the two of them. Seriously. Yeah, they they both just talk back and forth. <laughs> they couldn't hire literally anyone else for that game. They it had to be those two guys. Had to that, be those. Had to be those guys that are are and, in everything. And the fat paycheck just to talk about absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep. 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 All right, we're going to talk about what is broadly considered to be the eighth generation of consoles. Although those numbers are getting more and more blurred. Those lines are getting more and more blurred between gens. But we'll go with it for now, just for the sake of having a start and end point. So the start point technically was when the Wii U released on November, this. on November 18th, because it was the next gen of consoles after generation seven, which was the Wii along with the 360 and PS3. But I think you could really say it was 2013 when the yeah. PS3 and 360 came out. I don't I'm know. Sorry, if and, like, the, and the uh, Xbox one came out. I don't know if this is like an official Wikipedia thing, but to me that that no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, sorry. I said that completely wrong. PS4 and Xbox one came out in 2013. Yeah. Um, so well, that's really only when thing, it began in earnest. But the only reason why I wouldn't include the Wii U is because in, either you have to get rid of the Wii U or the switch. Cause you're like technically began 2012 with the Wii U and won't officially end until the switch. But to me, the Wii U is either Gen 8 or Gen 7, and then the Switch is either Gen 8 or Gen 9. So, to, well, to me, the Switch is this gen. The Wii U, to me, is I last, agree. I'm last just gen based because off of the games. Well, okay, all right, but let me make a case for it here. I actually think both are part of Gen 8. I think it's the, gen, the Wii U is such a colossal failure um that it's it's almost like it's almost like the way the ps4 got the pro and the xbox one got the x uh nintendo got the wii u to move to the switch which is pretty much you can play it mm. in your hands or on the tv and i understand they're very different i get it but i think of them in the same way like it's the proper upgrade it's the version that kind of kept it in this gen the games i'm look at the games that are coming out for it all the best-selling games other than animal crossing are still wii u games that they brought over to the switch so I think they're similar enough, and, and the problem is I can't say it's part of Gen Seven because then you got Wii. Are, is it now Wii and Wii U are part of Gen Seven? So for me, so, the, the hangup is the Wii U for me is definitely Gen Seven because like the anything PS4 or Xbox One doesn't exist on the Wii U and wouldn't be able to play on the Wii U. Oh, you go by the third think. party software. Yeah, I just, yeah, that's I just, one way to look at it. Because I yeah. mean, like literally, there were games that were being re released from 360 PS3 generation on the Wii U. Well, I think it's just a simple matter of looking at the dates. So, yeah, if you go by what software came out, yeah. that makes sense. I'm just looking at the dates. So, like, yeah. the the Wii 360 and PS3 came out within a year of each other-ish. And then same thing with the Wii U, PlayStation 4, and Xbox I'll, One. I'll buy into what they Tim came says. Out, that the Frankly, came out within a year of each other. Like now, now, Nintendo released an incredibly underpowered system that couldn't handle the software. You sure. are correct. But I don't think that means it's not part of Gen 8. I just think it's the worst part of Gen 8. And actually, we're going to get to that, too, the biggest disappointments. I think Nintendo had one of the biggest disappointments of this generation and one of the best surprises of this generation. Wii U was a disappointment and a failure. Switch has been a surprise and a success. I think that pocket of time just doesn't actually exist. We'll just erase (laughs) it from just existence. Well, as somebody who actually owned one at launch, I will say this, and then we can move on. The Wii U, while it was a failure, was actually a system i I didn't i honestly didn't mind it i'm just being a wise guy yeah that makes sense um so i i think of it as the same way that the the playstation and xbox systems got upgrades nintendo kind of did an upgrade as well although theirs is much more of a reset Mm. because they had to um but if you look at the top selling consoles over the last eight years it's no surprise that playstation 4 was in number one spot and i think most recent numbers have it at about 113 million 
um, which is the second most behind PS2 when it comes to home consoles. And it's fourth most overall if you count handhelds like uh, DS and Game Boy. So pretty good. Incredible, incredible sales, unbelievable sales for the PS4. Um, and the Nintendo Switch, I put, I would also describe that as incredible and unbelievable. It's only been out for three and a half years and it's already in second place Yeah, for this eighth gen. It's at over 62 million and still leading every month. Number one selling console every month. And I don't think that's going to slow down. I think this holiday, it's still going to be number one. That is pretty call crazy. Me, call me crazy, but I think it's going to stay yeah, number it'll one. It'll be number it's, one if there's not enough um, PS5s and Xbox Series X. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem for them to st- stay in the number one spot. Um, Twelve, and I could be wrong, but again, console sales don't mean everything. But I, I, I do think Switch is. Are you sure about that, Fab? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's twelfth place overall. So number one, you've got PS2, and then DS and Game Boy, and then PlayStation Four, and then the Nintendo Switch comes in um, behind PS1, Wii, PS3, 360. Game Boy Advance, PSP, and 3DS. Um, and then Xbox One, currently, it, they're estimating it's right around 50 million, maybe over 50 million, although there's not solid numbers. Microsoft never really gives solid sales numbers. It's more about how many they've shipped to retailers. So they're thinking it's about 50 million sold, um, which puts that in 14th place. The only one I would actually that. think it's probably it's higher than that, but it's nowhere near the PlayStation 4. Or the Switch, for that matter. Um, and then Wii U, 13.56 million behind almost everything. Oof. So, Oof. yeah, it's way down there. I mean, it's behind the GameCube, which was one of Nintendo's biggest, although it's beloved, biggest failures as well. Or Virtual Boy, million. right? Was it's it not Virtual behind Boy? Virtual Boy. Virtual no. Boy is at 7 million, I think. Okay. Something like that. Um. So yeah, yeah, the console sales have been really interesting, but Sony continues to dominate. They've they've won every um, generation since they've been since they got into the console game. Now the PS3 generation, of course, was barely a win, but a win's a win, right? <laughs> That's right. So they came back after a long held um, lead by the 360, and they did pass it. Slow and steady, Tim. Game. Slow and steady. <laughs> yeah, lower your price and and like and show love to your customers. That's all it takes. Yeah. Exactly. So once they remembered that, they caught up. Um, well, you know, what's interesting too is looking at the top-selling games by console. Um, and again, it's it's easy to think of something like Mario Kart Eight as a last as a two gens ago title, but it's actually from this eighth generation. Um, that was the best-selling Wii U game and the best-selling Switch game, which is no surprise, really. Sure. Who doesn't love Mario Kart? And Mario Kart Eight is they, amazing. They literally didn't have to make a new Mario Kart. I know they just added a couple of extra things and they slapped it yeah. on the switch and, you know, and off we go. And it's amazing. I love Mario Kart 8. It's a great game, um, but it's got 8.45 million units sold, um, which on the, just on the Wii U, which would be the second number one selling game on the Xbox one. If that's where it were, because mm-hmm. Xbox one's number one selling game was GTA five at 8.7 million. Um, and behind that's like PUBG at 8 million. Um, mm. And I wonder, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Is that just because Xbox doesn't have as many consoles out there or is Game Pass really impacting their game sales, do you think? Well, I was wondering because I just saw that and I swear I saw something that said GTA has sold 20 million at least, right? So... On, are, just on the Xbox One? No, altogether. 
Oh, GTA Five has sold tons. Yeah, but so I'm guessing then more copies have been sold on PlayStation. Or oh yeah, I guess and there's also PC, right? PC and last uh, gen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's true. Okay. Yeah. So that um, yeah, that, that must be all encompassing then. The twenty yeah. mil plus. So. Oh, I think GTA is sold no, way more than that. I think it's way higher than twenty mil. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I've, I just feel like, oh, one hundred thirty-five million. There you go. Oh, sure. Okay. It's one of the best-selling <laughs> games of all time. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's kind of <laughs> a low number on the Xbox One when you look at uh, overall of one thirty-five, and I know it crosses two gens, but the fact that it's only eight point seven. Yeah, it's pretty low. Crazy. Right? Yeah, but that's 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 the best-selling game on the Xbox One. Um. For PS4, Dan added this one on here for us. It was Uncharted 4, hit 16 million. That's crazy. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. What was Ghost of Tsushima at? Wasn't that doing some crazy numbers already this summer? I didn't see that on the on the list that I was I looking either. at. But it did but sell like, very well. Yeah, I feel like it, it was, as far as milestones go, it was doing really well. Yeah, it was up there, up there with Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it was first three days, 2.4 million, which was like... I just want to say this, like nothing to take away from these games because they sold amazing, but people need to realize that whenever we do like Nintendo's numbers, <laughs> most of those games, so, so when we say, hey, Mario Kart sold 26 million copies, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the average that was paid for for each copy was around $50, meaning that sometimes you'll see them on sale for 40 or 50. And then obviously most people paid 60. So the average out would come out to about 50, $55 per copy. Whereas PlayStation can get a little bit uh, trickier because I'd also wonder if that 16 million has any for a thief's end has anything to do with PS plus, or if that's just strictly sales and then what? How sure. much did people pay for it? Because I so know these are purchases. These numbers are based on MPD numbers for purchases. So it could have been on sale, but it yeah, wouldn't be Uncharted's part of Uncharted's been like service. five dollars before. So, but I'm saying it wouldn't be part of a subscription service. So like okay. it wouldn't be like free with PS Plus wouldn't count. Okay. Those. Um, but you're right. Twenty six million for Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is that's a crazy number. Um. But what's even crazier in my mind is this dumb little game that came out this year that everyone apparently loves, and that's Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's already sold twenty two million. Hey, this like, game saved twenty twenty. All right, this game. How how many games will this? I feel like this one's gonna, especially over Christmas time too. You're gonna have another holiday push with this game. I think this one is gonna be the best selling Switch game when the Switch is done. Whenever well, they move on to next, I think it's going to be the again, best selling. It, it pretty much landed at the perfect time. It did. In an unfortunate yeah. situation that the world's going through. And yeah. like they do updates with, the, they just did the Halloween update where there was some Halloween stuff. They're doing the the like Thanksgiving slash Christmas holiday update that's going to yep. be coming up. Like they're doing things. So I believe this is one just like Mario Kart where you're going to have multiple. Uh, families and friend groups buying multiple copies together to play together too. Yeah. So you have a lot of that. Going like on. I have a coworker the um the other day, um, there was like so the coworkers were like sharing pictures of their pets or whatever because I, I don't know maybe everyone was just in there a crappy mood so it's like hey let's all look at our pets and I was uh-huh. just like screw it like I have this funny picture of my cat just staring out at some birds or something, um and in the background Renee was playing Animal Crossing, and my coworker was like is that Animal Crossing and I was like. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm 
my boyfriend bought me a Switch and bought me Animal Crossing. She, like, she doesn't play games at all. Like, literally plays Animal zero, Crossing. nothing. Yep. But now she's playing yep. Animal Crossing. So, yep. you know, that's the kind of people that are playing this game. Literally, people yep. that don't play games whatsoever are suddenly getting it's Switches. all the people that play little dumb smartphone games they bought this game. <laughs> sure. I don't even think she does that, to be honest. So This game has an incredible amount of depth, and I've got no interest in any of it. So. <laughs> um, Fair yeah. enough. So here are some key moments that I thought of, and please add on to these, or if you think of any additional ones, let me know. But there were a couple of key moments in this gen that I thought were worth calling out. For me, the biggest one to kick things off was the way that the consoles were announced. This is just oh, pertaining yeah. to Sony and Microsoft. <laughs> and that summer, it was such so contentious, and I thought hilarious the way that they were the, the way that they were announced. So Microsoft is coming in. I mean. There's not really a good way to say this, but they were coming in like the big boys, like, oh, check yeah. us out. Yeah, we're doing awesome. The 360 still won. It's like, well, the PS3 caught up. They're like, nah, we won. Nah. So uh, Microsoft was feeling pretty good about themselves. I feel like they overplayed their hand and oh, yeah. disastrously with the messaging, with the pricing, with, with all of it. And Sony was in the position of, st- they were still in a position of, okay, we messed things up with the start of the PS3. And so they wanted to keep the momentum going right from how PS3 was picking up all the Steam, amazing games, really affordable now with a good slim version of the console out. And they wanted to hit PS4 and run with it from there. Mm. And they played it, I thought, really, really well. They were kind of just watching their opponent to see what they would do. And they oh, yeah. bounced everything right back to them. Um, and I, I just thought that was fascinating the way those were announced that summer. It was such a funny back and forth because like, so you know at the end of ps2 it was like wow that that system sold so many yep so many units and so sony went into ps3 being the big boy you know with his giant wang hanging out (laughs) being like i'm just check it out everybody i'm so huge (laughs) yeah you know 599.99 us dollars you'll get a second job to pay for this giant enemy crabs you know yeah totally (laughs) um and just totally. had to be humbled. They they were humbled, mm-hmm. and then they ended PS3 Gen looking pretty good, and then went into PS4. So then they went back to sort of PS2 glory of like everyone was like, yeah, PlayStation again. So yeah, it, yep. it's the funny. It's just the funny back and forth. PS2, you know, super high, and then just dipping down, being humbled, humbled, and then back up. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's yep. very humorous. It's really interesting, and then it's interesting to see this time around too. Is I don't think Sony approached PS5 with an overconfidence at all, but mm. I do think they have pulled back a little bit from that super consumer friendly communicating really openly and frequently, like they did between the PS3 and PS4 transition because they needed to. Then you mm. could argue they don't really need to now. They're fine. They're so far ahead right now. They don't need to. Totally fair. That's fine. But I do think they have pulled back at least a little bit from being the super consumer friendly company they were, you know, seven years ago, but there were some well, I still think they're in their situation right now. Less is more for them. Yep. They would be putting themselves in more risk by talking too much. That's what I'm saying. It could be smart. could be the smart move. To I'm wondering if it, there were some weird things happening behind the scenes though. Cause like, yeah, could be like, there was some, there was some changes in the higher ups there. Like as mm-hmm. we were transitioning into this, next gen and you know with the pandemic and not getting a lot of information and seemed like there was a lot of worry like i don't yep. know i'd be curious to know what really actually was going on behind the scenes because yep yeah totally well the other thing was um this was the first time that i can think of that um 
systems rolled out mid-generation updates or improvements of existing consoles, at least at least in a way that was actually successful and sustainable. Like Sega tried this with the the Genesis, was it? With the 32X? The 32X, yeah. the attachment that cl- clicked yeah. into the Yeah, and then yeah. Nintendo had the long in development uh, disk drive thing, they yep, were, or the 64DD or whatever, yep. um, which I think might have hit small markets in I Japan, I think it was just maybe? Japan, yeah. Okay. Um, but never hit the US, of course. Uh, so anyway, we, we those, those have been things that have been talked about for decades, but this time they really delivered on them, and I thought delivered really good versions of the obviously the best versions of their consoles and it allowed people to keep the games they already had keep your library everything works smoothly don't think about backwards compatibility it's really the same console it's just an upgraded version it's it's an iphone 11 compared to an iphone 10 or whatever so it i thought it was nice it was a nice upgrade and i don't have any problem with them doing this more in the future right as we get to you know, PlayStation 5 Pro or whatever they decide to put out. And, mm. you know, say in four years, they put out a PS5 Pro, three years, whatever. Um, I think that's good. I think that's smart. It allows you to keep the technology advancing without asking everyone to fully buy in on the next generation. It's just, if you want to upgrade, you can. If you don't, awesome. No problem there either. So I like it. With that, though, um, I will admit Xbox did it better, though, for sure. What did, what did you like about what Microsoft did? Well, I mean, so... The the Xbox One out the gate was actually a slightly less powerful than the PS4, right? Correct, correct. Um, yep. So then they beefed it up power wise. Yep. Um, and yeah, they just they got really like they got like super. They completely flipped from how they were announcing the console as the generation went on, being super consumer friendly mm-hmm. with Game Pass. Um. And just yeah, again, just the the better the the more powerful system, and people kind of acknowledging that. But I mean, not getting amazing exclusives like Sony has been getting. But it's very true. They um, continue they to struggle on the exclusive yeah. front. But I like the I liked the uh, Xbox One S as well. Now their naming convention could use some help. Yeah, no, that's still terrible. still needs help. But, but Derek, confirm for me though that that's like as far as the visuals though that that's the main thing with the Xbox um, One X, right? Like the, the the visual fidelity of that is much better than the Pro, correct? Or the uh, frame rate? I wouldn't say much better, but I yeah, thought there was like a substantial like, bump up. There there is a bump up. Like yeah. if a game's running at fourteen forty P on the Pro, it normally is at like eighteen hundred P. And if it's running at eighteen hundred P on the Pro, it would be native four K on the Xbox One X. Yeah. So there is a bump and I think we might see it with the Series X and PS five. Although Again, no numbers have supported that, but we'll see. Hopefully, Digital Foundry will do that. I mean, Fab has all the numbers already. So. He's got them all. His he uncle works doesn't have any of the numbers, and I always <laughs> say to him, now my reply is, please provide the data. Wait and see. Wait and see. I have Dude, provided what if, the what data. What if it turns out that Fab is actually Shuhei Yoshida? He's been in my group this whole time. <laughs> um, I, that would be amazing. That would, that I would, would love that so much. I love Shuhei. Um I don't know. Did you guys, and it sounds like Dan, you're okay with it. Derek, did you like the mid generation improved consoles that came out? Do you like that mindset from these companies? I do like it. Um, I mean, it kind of, it, it depends on like how they space it out. I felt like they handled it good this last gen mm-hmm. because they gave you three, what was it? Three years 
with the base consoles and then they're like hey we're gonna start releasing you know these mid jumps three or four Um, years and i thought they were Mm -hmm. significant enough that they were worth the value yeah and especially since we all have the option to trade in and buy these new consoles a little bit cheaper knocking off what we you know what we're trading in i always will like to see these upgrades as long as again they're spaced out. I think I mentioned it. I don't know if you were on the show that I mentioned it. I don't normally whine about like, like, Oh, this game dropped in price and I paid full price and it's only been a week. I don't complain about that stuff. But the only time that I've been annoyed was with the purchase of my Oculus. Like it was a pain in the butt to get the Oculus. I got lucky. There was a ton of other people that were buying it off like Facebook market and stuff like that, overpaying for it. And then less than a year after its launch, they released the second one. That's a better version at a cheaper cost. I do remember you talking about this. And the reason that's a big deal is because now if I try to sell mine that was valued over $400 because they were rare. Now, if I try to sell mine less than a year later, I would have to sell it for like $200. And that's ridiculous that I have to take a $200 loss because you decided to release another uh, version of it that's better. Yeah, that's a good a example of what they should not do. This gen, I, I'm with you there. Like, give it some space for these new consoles to find a groove, and then as you hit like what they anticipate to be a midpoint of the gen, that's a good time to launch. See, the I think upgrade. the gen should be about eight years. So mm-hmm. release these mid tier, and I have yeah. a feeling we might see they might push it to where they're like, well, let's do two more launches. So that you might see another Xbox. Xbox, I could totally see doing this. Um, Xbox going, okay, in two years, we're going to release the Xbox Series X Extreme. Um, that runs at, <laughs> actually runs at native 4K and 60 frames per second. You know, if they do something like that and then release another two or three years later, another yeah. version of that. That might be extreme. asking a lot, though. That is asking. It a lot. sounds like a lot, but we're as as gaming gets bigger, because I guarantee if we would have had this conversation during the PS3 360 day, most of us would be like, "No, I don't want a mid tier. You just switch, uh, uh, just switch to the next gen. Wait till the next gen and switch." But now we're like, "No, that worked. It worked out for us." I think that that we're going to get to where you're going to see more and more versions of of the consoles. I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm just saying, drag it out to to maybe eight nine year year gen, and then release yeah. two versions of your console. I'm still a proponent of one, but I see what you're saying with the two. That could be something. You know what's interesting too, as this gen wrapped up, this global pandemic of this year, I think changed the way that games not only were developed this year and announced and and the way we play games but i think it's going to change it for several years to come i think that i think we all uh, have seen this happen Hmm. our our culture and really the whole world has been impacted by this in a way that's not like oh we'll just bounce back in 2021 i think things are just different now the way things are done the way working from home does or doesn't work the amount of time it might be take to develop a game is going to be different now potentially for some for some devs so in my opinion um the accessibility and flexibility both for development development companies but also for gamers for anyone who plays these games we want easy access and we want flexibility 
So I want to be able to play it on that device and that device, and I want to be able to access it with my account whenever I log in, regardless of which console. Like we want more flexibility and and accessibility than ever. So I think the pandemic's changed the way that uh, that gaming is going to happen moving forward. But that was just really, of course, unexpected. But I think very odd way to end this generation was this weird pandemic um, yeah. that put the cap on things. Certainly didn't ask for it, but it came. Yeah. Came anyways. That's it did. what she said. Well, the election will it. It'll go away. Um, Nintendo had its biggest console failure. This is a pretty key moment this gen. Biggest console failure since the Virtual Boy with mm. the Wii U. The lack of graphical and processing power. Dan, back to your point, it couldn't run any of the other current gen uh, software, or at least not to the not well enough that developers saw it worth their time mm-hmm. to make a port of it. Um. Uh, poor hardware design and aesthetics, in my opinion. I know some people will argue that, no, it was fine. I'll, I'm telling you that's one of the big reasons it didn't sell that well. It did not look great. It looked fine, but it didn't look great. Like the Switch has a real clear aesthetic to it. Yeah. It does. And the Wii U struggled with that because it looked like a Wii. The box looked like a Wii. So there was very little differentiation between the previous gen. And then the actual... Um, tablet that you used mm-hmm. again it was fine but it looked very fisher price style like really i thought kind of plasticky and cheap feeling even though it wasn't it worked great especially with certain games that nintendo made it worked great but it just had a cheap look and feel to it, it pretty um, much uh all like when they an- that announcement when it happened and they showed it, it like, they what? kind of had the tablet sort of almost more front and center yes and everyone was like confused it was like, mm-hmm. is this is this something an accessory to the Wii? Like, what's yep. going on? I thought on? it was an add-on to the Wii for yeah. a little while there. But so. um, and of course, there was bad marketing yeah. contributing to it as well. It wasn't messaged well at all. It exactly. was not clear what was happening. That Zelda tech demo, though, pretty amazing. <laughs> sure, of course, <laughs> that was pretty. But you nice. know, it's interesting when Nintendo is pushed back against the ropes, they tend to bounce back with some amazing stuff. So when they yeah. were. They were on a steady decline since the NES. SNES sold less. Nintendo 64 sold even less. GameCube sold even less. And the Virtua Boy, Virtua Boy was in there as well. And then, boom, you had the Game Boy Advance and the DS and the Wii. All you know, all of those hit within 10 years. So Nintendo bounces back really, really well. Well, so they bounce back too. Because um, yeah. we didn't even mention uh, Satoru Iwata had passed mm-hmm. away in between all of that. That's right. Um, That's right. And I'm trying to remember, I think he was there in the beginning stages of the Switch, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was, because I think he did some of the clicking, like some of the finger snaps. Yeah. And like, for I, some reason, I've got a memory of that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember it. one of the develop someone at Nintendo, I remember something, watching something where they were like, you know, making a promise, or, you know, because they just, everyone was just so like mourning Awada making right. the promise of making sure that, you know, this turns out really great because obviously yep. what happened with the Wii U, so. Yep, and despite the Switch's, um, continues to fall behind its competitors in graphical processing power, of course, um, but it started to make up ground in terms of getting great third-party support, and unfortunately, I think, went back to the Wii wear way, uh, days of allowing too much third-party support. They didn't care who the third-party was. They're just throwing all kinds of garbage on there. So I still think there's some cleanup to do the way that Nintendo handles that stuff on their eShop. But in general, it's been a, of course, resounding success for yeah. them. And to Derek's point, their games that they, that keep hitting the top sellers, they've made so much freaking money off of Animal Crossing alone this year. 
they can continue to yep. take their time with whatever it is they're working on the next version of the switch or some completely new follow-up or some other line of devices or just their software who knows what they're working on some new mario kart around your living room thing i don't know whatever it is that they're doing um they've got time because they've made so much money each of those animal crossing copies what do you say derek you were thinking like 50 dollars average right even with sales yeah. and stuff yeah. And I'm with you there. And so 22 million of those, not even counting all the other games they've sold, that is crazy. And a hell of a first year, year and a half with Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. You know? Yeah. Like that's, that's that pretty was amazing. significant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That really was amazing. And then they had a couple of sleeper hits that no one expected, like yeah. Mario plus Rabbids came out that but year like, too. Re- really, though, like think about it. Like that Zelda game is the first of its kind within that franchise, like what they did with Breath of the Wild. And it was totally, it wasn't like, I don't, there's not really a ton about it. That's super innovative other than like the being able to climb anything, which now at this point, I think every game should have, that's an open world game. I agree. Um, but like, it's not, there's not like a ton of innovative stuff, but like everything that it does, it it's pretty amazing. The physics stuff is really cool. Like there's still videos that pop up occasionally of like people doing these ridiculous things that doesn't even make sense in that game. Use, right. You know, using the physics based. Um, well, you're, stuff. you're right in some ways, like the idea of using a glider, you know, those kind of things have been done in games before. Sure. But all the aspects that were in Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey too, they were done with such excellence. Just yes, such, of course. they were so well done. It was very high quality. Oh my word. Yeah. Every corner of that thing is high quality. So um, really, really remarkable couple and, of games. That and then year. Mario being like, how long had it been to that style of Mario game? Because we had a Mar- uh, Super Mario Land. It had been that. since um, or three, uh, Galaxy 2, I think, Yeah, was the last full kind of home console version so that had been quite a few years you know kind of like a not open world mario game but you know what i, I mean, mean unless you count 3d world but most people don't count that no. one because it's more of a map based right that's what i mean order. yeah yep. it had yep. been a while mm-hmm. since that specific style of mario yep. game had been made so agreed yeah. yeah yeah those are pretty major ones those were those are big and of course um these aren't really necessarily big moments but um as one kind of com- uh, combined thing, Sony just had, I think, probably their best generation of exclusives they've ever had. Mm. I just, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I feel like they've just really hit on, even their games that weren't my favorite were still very good. So like even some of their exclusives like Days Gone that for me personally didn't deliver, it was still a very good game and a lot of people love it. So yeah. um, they just, they were just on fire. And then Microsoft on the flip side, just really, really struggled to get a at least consistent, amazing um, exclusives. Like they had great stuff like Ori and Gears, but they struggled with stuff like Crackdown, and they just couldn't get other a volume of other stuff out there. You know, so mm-hmm. um, here are some trends that I noticed before we wrap up. Looking back at last gen, uh, VR of course saw a huge surge of development support. Companies like Sony, Valve, and Facebook owning Oculus, throwing a lot of support at it. Derek mentioned that before. I don't think that's going to slow down. I just think it's going to continue to adjust and move forward. But Half-Life Alex is a great example of, of how they're taking VR and making really good video games out of it, not mm-hmm. just kind of gimmicky uh, party experiences. Um, Battle Royale games, 
now those weren't new when PUBG and Fortnite came out. They just weren't mainstream yet and yeah. they weren't fine tuned yet. So you had all kinds of different battle Royale type of modes and sometimes mods from other games, but it was really PUBG and then Fortnite that popularized that PUBG was kind of like, Hey, this is pretty popular. And then Fortnite just rocketed it into the stratosphere. It's crazy. And I don't know if a lot of people do or don't know, but Fortnite wasn't the battle Royale mode that you think of. Like that's not what it actually predominantly was. It wasn't that at first. Right. And then it became just that. Yeah. It was, it was like a multiplayer, like, was it like horde mode sort of thing where you're building like a fortress and there's enemies coming at you and you're, yeah, I think it was like a PVE cooperative thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it still exists, but I mean, when you think Fortnite, you think of the battle Royale, like, yep. So absolutely. Yeah. But that, that genre really took off uh, this gen. Also, I think it's safe to say subscription services became quite a trend in this generation, whether it's Xbox live games with gold or game pass, or maybe PlayStation Plus and PS Now. I think those services are really leading the way uh, in different ways. Um, but now you've got other services that are joining the fray. you got Amazon with their new Luna service, Ubisoft with Uplay Plus, uh, EA, which is partnering with Xbox here pretty shortly, but EA. Um, and yeah, it's not quite as significant, but Nintendo even has some free for subscribers stuff going on. You know, um, Not a lot. And it's not consistent, but, you know, you can play old games or you can play some new kind of fun party games that they put out. So subscription subscriptions are really the, the way of the future. Uh, and that, oh, yeah. I think, really hit full speed um, in this gen. And it, and it helped people. You, you said this earlier, Dan. It helped people kind of come back to thinking of Xbox in a positive light, even if maybe oh, yeah. they don't even if they maybe they don't prefer them for their exclusives, they really like game pass and stuff like that. I mean, it's literally making me someone who's never owned an Xbox console at all, like consider getting the S so I can like just do that and buy that and then have game pass and be like, Oh, here's some Xbox stuff I never played because it's like affordable. And then you just have access to like an obscene amount of games. Like, yep. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, and I didn't even mention Stadia. <laughs> Sorry, Google. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah. <laughs> we can leave them out. Another pocket of time that we can just erase from history. <laughs> well, actually that's kind of in the next one too. So cloud gaming, I think it, I wouldn't say that cloud gaming took off, but it's safe to say it took some steps forward mm. and we're starting to see some really interesting progress this year specifically with X cloud. Uh, PS now has already had some success, but I think it's getting even better. Uh, Stadia, and then cloud versions of games. We just talked about this recently, uh, coming to things like Switch and then other mobile devices too, where you could have a really underpowered piece of tech, but it doesn't matter. If it has a screen and a strong internet connection, you can now experience these really high-quality, high-powered games. And so I think cloud gaming is going to be the next big trend coming up for next gen, because I don't think it's a big trend yet. I just think it's mm-hmm. it's um, it's starting to uh, build some momentum, at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh, mobile gaming of course as huge and lucrative as ever you can keep making tons of money if you can make just the right addictive match three game or whatever with the right colors or whatever sure. it is um but it also is kind of a, can be a, a really gross place it's just kind of like oh they're just these real crappy little games that someone programmed and stole from someone else and they just want to make money how is that bubble not burst yet I don't understand. Good question. A really just, good question. Like, I mean, just go buy a Switch then, at least, if you like like gaming on the go. At least buy a Switch and play yeah. those games. Like, I don't understand. Like, it has I buttons. Agree. 
It has but buttons, with the, damn it. With, with mobile gaming really just skyrocketing and not slowing down, I think that's why we saw, we'll call them the big three, pretty much abandoned handheld-only markets. Mm. So Nintendo did it in a weird way. They kind of went hybrid, and they slowly kind of backed away from the 3DS. They kept supporting it with some software, but then they started to support it less and less, move this title over to Switch, that title over to Switch, and now they're not even, nothing's happening with the DS line. Uh, the Game Boy line is, as far as we know, not coming back anytime soon. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something from them I, uh, in the next few years. I think years, you should but. just keep iterating on the Switch and making it more powerful. I think it's the perfect. I think so too. It's perfect it's for them. One piece of so- it's one piece of hardware to put all your software on. I mm-hmm. think that's the way to go. It doesn't have to be as powerful as the home consoles. You keep doubling down on the cloud software versions. You, you know, you talk to these big companies like your Squares and 505s or whoever else and get them to put cloud versions out on your system that's a that's a smart alternative to say you can still play those games on the switch if you have an internet connection um sony stayed pretty quiet they they of course released the vita i want to say that was 2011 does that sound right i don't actually remember <laughs> um so they released the vita also kind of in that weird in between yeah. almost end of the seventh generation beginning of the eighth but we weren't really talking about handheld consoles here but they did i think vita's close but um of course it it didn't take off in the way that they had hoped which is a bummer the vita is a really nice uh handheld console i I really like it um but they've stayed pretty quiet there's no i don't think they have any intention of coming back in and why would they if they're going to do anything with handheld gaming they're going to partner with mobile they're going to make mobile games if they're you know what i mean if they're going to do something handheld it's going to be on other devices or it'll be subscribed to ps now and play on mobile like that's the kind of thing they would do in my opinion before going to a ps that would actually be kind of nifty like a little Sony device to play the like cloud cloud stream yeah. their games onto it. Um, yeah. And, or, and also have like PlayStation now just kind of accessing that. Yeah. I think that's, I think we'll see that this gen. I think mm-hmm. we'll see a game pass dedicated app. We'll see a PS now dedicated app that you'll be able to get on iOS or Android. And as long as you log in with your subscribed, you know, with your subscription credentials, you can, play a certain selection of games that can stream to your to your mobile device i think that's going to happen uh of course we had classic consoles this past gen that that was a i think kind of a short-lived fad but it 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 happened some of them had some great success like the nes and the super nintendo Uh, i think the ps1 was successful although a lot of people whined about it because it didn't have the titles (laughs) they wanted sure um and then ones that were less successful but still arrived that was the sega genesis atari and then there were some other ones too Mm -hmm. um i think there was like a neo geo classic console things like that um so yeah hitting the nostalgia for sure and the last thing i'll mention real quick motion controls pretty much gone because now everything is either vr or ar so i shouldn't say they're gone they're still here they're just not here in a way that we're used to the switch technically has it exactly there it's much more subtle yeah. Uh, motion controls, but it's not, it's not like a connect or Wiimote in mm-hmm. the same way that, um, that you used to see. So anyway, I thought it was a really awesome and intriguing generation of games. I, of course, yeah. this is also the generation that three of us started doing podcasting craziness together. So it's been a, it's been a good gen for, for me, at least for the games I've played for the community I've been part of, but also like, um, I, f- I feel like there's been better gaming experiences this gen at least as a whole, like all of it all combined together than any other gen. It's just been my favorite one. Yeah. I was going to ask the both of you as far, like if you had to pick one generation to, you know, last or this one being better, 
what would you choose? I think it's this one for me. Yeah. yeah I would say I this one, definitely. I think every generation that comes is always going to be my favorite. It's better than the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yep. know. I think the PlayStation 1 generation is better than 2 and 3, to be honest with you. But there was some amazing RPGs on that generation. So. I'm more of a PS2 than PS1 guy. Mm. But but yeah. No, I think, um, thankfully, the industry is growing. The audience is getting bigger. And companies are getting bigger and making more and more games. As soon, if that pattern were to shift, that's a bad sign for those of us who are gamers. That means it's heading back down. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think more and more people play games than ever. And what it means to play a game, what is an actual game, those lines are starting to get blurred a little more too. I think we'll start to see more um, live action stuff, like whether it's a Netflix choose your own adventure style show slash games. I think we'll start to see all kinds of weird and wacky crossover stuff. The games but, are um, going to be in our minds too. <laughs> it's all in your mind, man. Can be in our minds. All right, so I don't have any news. Um, we'll move into headlines now to wrap things up. It's getting pretty late, and even I'm getting tired, and it's not late. It's late for me. Um, but I don't have any news for um, Nintendo that I that I am aware of. Sorry mm-hmm. if I'm missing something, uh, folks, or general stuff. I know Derek, you wanted to talk about some of the reviews before we get to that. I did want to call out something I saw from Microsoft that was interesting. The Series S comes with 512 gigabytes of storage, but not really. Mm. Uh, there were reports saying it's actually more like 360, 364 gigs of actual usable mm-hmm. storage space. It's not a lot. Good news there is, of course, just like with current consoles, you can just plug in an external hard drive and expand okay. that without too much difficulty. But it's still, that's not a lot of storage space so with game sizes these days. Um. So yeah, that's really the only piece of news that I wanted to highlight. And yeah. then I'll throw it to you guys to to take as long as you want to. It's pretty late for you, but um, go ahead and dive into some of the reviews and responses you're seeing for the new consoles. Well, I'll I'll, I'll keep it quick. Um, I'll touch on Xbox, and then if Dan, unless you haven't looked at anything for PlayStation, uh, we'll go to you. But just as far as Xbox goes, they really have just only been reviewing... Uh, the 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 two consoles and then the controllers as far as I've seen because I I don't think there's been other accessories for the Xbox whereas PlayStation has a ton of reviews for all their accessories and stuff because I've been yeah. I've been off work so I've been watching a lot of these reviews so I'm just gonna give the gist for our listeners of what's being said about it basically um, the Xbox is being well-received. Let me say it this way. The Xbox Series X is being well-received as an actual console, like as far as power and some of the cool little um, little quality of life that the, these consoles are bringing with, with quick resume, with faster load times. They're saying all this stuff works good. As far as the controller goes, um, there's real no upgrades to the new Xbox controllers. It's one of those sayings where it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, which to a certain extent I agree with. But then when you compare it to PlayStation's controller and what they're doing, um, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it as far as design. But as far as adding new tech, uh, maybe they should have done more there. So I think that's uh, a miss for Xbox. Um, but as far as the consoles, they sound like they're both quality consoles. So this is, I'm talking series X and series S the issue is, and we all knew this was going to be the issue. This is why, and I've said this before, this halo delay 
was honestly unacceptable. I'm not saying that they needed to release yeah. the game early. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. What I'm talking about is it's unacceptable that you did not have this game ready to go for your launch. And I'm not going to allow COVID to be an example or an excuse because this is something that should have been done before COVID even existed. Like Halo should have been ready to go before COVID. And then you could maybe use the last six or seven months to be testing it. That's why I truly believe that what they showed us was what they thought was the done game. Like they thought it was acceptable and good enough. And then once they heard the feedback from fans, that's where they were like, oh, shiz it. We really screwed up. Now we have to go back and make this game look prettier and blah, blah, blah. That's why you saw, and people were like, this is concerning that the, the 343 guy is being uh, being pulled the from director. the director. No, it's not concerning. That's how businesses work. You failed us. You're now either going to get fired or moved from that position because we can't trust you to get your job done. So the Halo, um, the Halo delay is a huge deal because, and there was a point to this, all the reviews said the exact same thing. Basically, if you're buying an Xbox Series X, all you're buying is an, a box that plays the games prettier and maybe a little faster, right? But you're not, it doesn't feel, and I don't have one right now, but it doesn't feel like you're actually getting a new console for a new generation. And I even feel this purchasing one. So I bought both a PS5 and Xbox Series X. I feel like with the PS5, I'm buying a new generation. I understand that they're putting a lot of their games still on the PS4, but I feel like tech-wise, I'm buying a new generation. With the Xbox Series X, I feel like I'm buying an upgrade. Does that make sense? So it doesn't. It feel does like- kind of, but I'm reading a couple things here as you're talking. The PS5 won't have the same quick resume function as Xbox Series X. Yeah. You can't no. you can't use an external SSD drive. So okay, uh, not maybe right it's- now. Those are incoming though. All right, Fab. But what I'm saying is as people buy the PS5, as people buy the PS5 this coming week, I think you could make an argument that they're both just really good upgrades. If you're going to go by the same logic you just used for the Xbox. Well, they're both just good upgrades. Uh, I agree. We'll have to see about the comparison on because to, to me, again, got to remember, and this is what matters. How are you advertising your console? PS5 never advertises the most powerful. Xbox did. So if Xbox with with comparison videos actually factually i'm not talking about like what you see on a screen and just go oh i like ps5 better i'm talking factually beat them out and whether it's frames per second or graphics or being able to put ray tracing in a game that maybe the ps5 could put ray tracing in but it would bring down the frames per second too much like if the xbox truly is more powerful and runs games more efficiently and better then that is a win because like I always say to everybody, 90% of the games you play are third party. So using the argument of, well, Xbox has no games. Yes, it does. And if they play them better, that is exactly what they were selling you. Therefore, they succeeded on what they're doing. People say that what they're really saying is a game doesn't count unless you can't play anywhere else, which is just dumb logic. So I'm, dumb I'm, logic. I'm tracking with you. Yeah. But uh, as far as what your, your point with the PS five, not having certain things, the reason why I said, I feel like it's going the next gen is because I feel like there's a couple things that they're doing that Xbox, I think potentially missed the mark on. I already mentioned the controller, 
the reviews of the the new uh, DualSense controller are quite good. In yeah. fact, I had no hype for it. I don't care about your vibration feedback. Like I'm not a girl. I'm not yeah, playing with the a vibrator. overall controller experience. <laughs> I've heard is amazing. That's I don't a good think bug. you put it near your crotch there, Derek. But that's fine. Oh, I'll be playing my PS5. I mean, down I guess it's fine. <laughs> that's what that's I'll a good be doing. point, though, man. I've heard nothing but amazing and rave reviews about the DualSense. That's true. Yeah. So it sounds like it's an upgrade there. Now, the other thing I would say is, um, I'm not a SS, SSD guy. Like, I'm sorry, I don't buy into that bull crap hype. But if and again, this is why I wait for the facts. But if we get past all this uh, BS trying to sell me a PS5 by telling me the SSD is the same as Jesus Christ, I would like to see well, one of those is really how right. it's going to impact <laughs> games besides just, well, they, they load up faster. Well, that already happens on the Xbox. If they're really going to do what Mark Cerny and all of them are saying it's going to do, and they're actually going to impact how the games are played, then... Again, that's next gen. That I can't, I can already say with the Xbox Series X, that's not happening because their SSD is literally just in the box just to make things faster. That's it. It's not going to impact video games besides load times. Mm, um, as, far, as far as we've been told. Um, so that's where I feel like Sony is, yes, they're making a powerful console. But I don't think they just invested in just being more powerful. I think they were like, hey, what else can we do to make this feel fresh? Like, this isn't just PS4.5. Um, and I feel like they they did a good job of that. With Microsoft, I and again, not condemning them. I'm the Xbox guy. Their whole messaging, not only more power, but it was also, hey, we're just, we're keeping everything connected. So all, everything they did was intentional. Like I, I was talking about the controllers. I think the reason they didn't change the controllers too much is because guess what? They are allowing you to use the old controllers on the new system. So I don't think they wanted to change things too much. They didn't change the UI much. They, the UI that I'm using right now on my Xbox One X is the same one I'm going to use on the Series X. That can mm. be a good and bad thing. Good thing meaning when I log in, I know how to utilize it. The bad could be maybe going, well, it doesn't feel new. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel like I'm getting something new. So that's where I was That's where I was saying where it feels like with Xbox. I'm not saying it's not next-gen. I do believe it's going to be next-gen. It just feels as a new purchase, it feels more like an upgrade, whereas PS5, I feel like I'm getting a next gen box, like something that feels fresh and new, a new UI. We've got yeah. certain games that are only on the PS five. They're not on a PS four. And that's so you at can't launch. Do folders, so I, hope they add, I hope they all add folders back. Cause I found that handy on the PS. Yes. I love that. folders. Uh, so yeah. you've got, Oh, here's another thing I want to talk about. Um, so you got the games, demon souls, Godfall. But the other thing I thought was really cool. And I don't think you can do this on Xbox series X. I've seen nothing on it. Because I love the way, oh my God, Cat, you're psycho. I love the way um, the PS5, while you're playing games, has all these like helpful tips that you can, Ah, to help you keep you in the game and moving forward. Like it feels like they were thinking what I, exactly what I wanted. Because one of the things I get frustrated is when I'm playing a game and I get stuck, sometimes I'll just quit the game because I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't want to <laughs> log into another app and then have to come back to the game. I'm done. This stuff's already there for you. So if you want to jump to it and, or if you're just like, 
want to see at the a quick, developer's discretion hint. to be fair what's that it's at the developer's discretion yes but yeah. i know the first party is already going to utilize yeah. it and yeah, i do yeah. i do believe a lot of third party will do it yeah. and, and it, did again, you happen to see this gamestop article on a gamestop it's Game just Spot an idea article. that it's it, it it feels next gen this game, well, this GameSpot article broke down just load times, basic load times of some of the higher performing previous gen games. So we're talking Red Dead Two, mm-hmm. Batman Arkham Knight. You should check it out, though. It's interesting. They they measured the time from launch to menu, and then from menu to save, things like that. Just to kind of the things that normally take a while to load. Yeah. And again, this is just one data point. One group decided to do this. This might not be true across everyone's systems that everyone has, but. The Series X really consistently um, outperformed the PS5 in terms of speed of getting of things loading up and getting in and out of games. Of course, the quick resume feature is a major one that mm-hmm. PS5 doesn't have. Um, but anyway, all that to say, uh, it's interesting that you're saying uh, a lot of this next gen stuff. But it seems like the Series X uh, internal SSD is being used for some pretty user-friendly stuff like to me loading quicker is a big deal i'm noticing it with watchdogs legion on my pc and i'm loving it yeah yeah i have i have watchdogs on my ssd and i did uh, notice that is a bit faster um i think the quick resume is going to be a cooler thing than i'm giving credit for i don't look at it i think i'll use it on like youtube switching from youtube tv to to you know my video games but i don't think i'm going to have like five games ready to go you know, I might have Rocket League and, you know, whatever main game, like Watch Dogs Legion I mean, or Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But you'll notice it when you go back to a game that you haven't played for a yeah. week or two, and then boom, it's still in the same spot it was before. Like, you'll you'll notice it then. I think it's um I think it's a big loss. On, I don't know why Sony doesn't have this, and I hope that they update it within, like, the first few months, because, like... Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're the kind of person that plays games where you do dailies or whatever, right? Or like if you're playing yeah, that Rocket would be pretty League, cool. yeah, like you pop over to this game and you do your dailies and then you pop over to that game and, and you're like doing whatever in that game. And then you're like, oh, now I want to play some Rocket League for a couple matches. And then you pop back over to like, and the, the PS5 is not going to do that. Um, it's gonna The games are going to load fast. So you can close them out, load back in. It's fast. And I think to someone, for someone like me, um because i'm just not used to that it's going to be amazing regardless even if xbox has like a few seconds on the ps5 like i'm still going to be impressed by what the ps5 is throwing at me because i mean i don't have an ssd in anything that i own so i'm not used to that so it's gonna blow it's gonna blow my mind it Um, will (laughs) um, no it's 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 definitely a cool feature yeah um but yeah i think overall i'll just speak for all of them all the reviews for all the consoles, PS5, Series X, and even Series S were all solid anywhere from seven to nines. Um, most of them being eights that I saw. Uh, they're all highly recommended. I kind of expected that. I think reviewing a console is kind of stupid when you're talking about day one. Yeah. Because really agreed. what matters yeah. with the console is does it work? Yeah. And then also like what games are on it. Right, so exactly. that's what really matters. Um, but overall, I think what we're getting is some really, really quality upgrades. Um, and I'm really curious. Like I said, the thing I'm most excited about, because I care about the games, is I care about like how they're running on both. Is the, the power of PlayStation 5's SSD real? 
and will it impact all games or just certain first party? Um, and then on the Xbox side, I want to know, does that extra two teraflops, which people like to, to mock because it's not in their PlayStation, but does that extra two teraflops have a bigger impact than what people are trying to lead you to believe that are pro PlayStation? I think it will. I think it's going to have an advantage. If it didn't, why do you put an extra two teraflops in there? You put it in there because it's more power. So um, I want to see the comparisons because that's what matters. Um, But overall, I think any way you go, um, each box is doing a good thing. Uh, It is disappointing that Microsoft doesn't have at least just one title that they can say, this is exclusive to us. And then they actually had one game scheduled for a December launch that now just got delayed today. Yep. So they have nothing coming out in 2020. That's, that's medium, ex- by the way, for anyone. Yeah. Wonder. That is exclusive to, well, I shouldn't say that. Gears 5 Tactics is an exclusive. Yakuza isn't a permanent exclusive, but you can only play it um, on next gen. Let me be clear so all the fanboys don't cry. On next gen <laughs> on Xbox Series X until 2021. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Gears Tactics is a is a big one, but it's not going to be for everybody. Right? No. It's not like a, a Forza or um, or even a regular oh, Gears it's way game better than Forza, Halo. but whatever. What's that? <laughs> it's way better than any Forza game, but whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, nah. it 100% is. No, gosh. Yeah. Oh, don't forget about the Falconeer. I think that's an exclusive to Yeah, Xbox. that's I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, that game looks cool. I don't even All right. Well, listen, we've gone way over, but it's been interesting and I think it's it's time for us to kind of shift the way we think about current gen 2 into uh the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and um and I guess the Switch will kind of hold on for a little bit. I'm really hoping that Nintendo surprises us next year with a you know, Super Switch or whatever they want to call it. I don't care what they Switch call it. Switch Pro. I think there's uh, got to be an upgrade coming soon. I hope so. I ho- I'd love that. And then we can officially... Maybe when the next Zelda comes out. Mm. Yeah, it'd be cool if they launched it with the next Zelda. It'd be great. Makes and sense. I'd love to officially go into the next gen without Kinda Nintendo like being in this weird cadence. launched their new Xbox with Halo. Oh, wait. Oh, to be fair, bummer. I mean, that's because they're trying to put it on an older system and a newer one when they should have just done the newer system and just move, uh, yeah. yes, I agree. That's probably part of the problem, yeah, but I do totally. think, I do think they underestimated how pretty the game really should have been. Sure. I really do. Yeah. Or well, you game director you, left you show, the production. Show, didn't he? It truly is yeah. open world. And that's why it doesn't look as good as, you know, your ratchet and clanks and all that stuff. Like, like did well, I look at ghost of Tsushima? <laughs> no, but I will yeah. say this: being unbiased. Spider-Man Miles Morales. I don't care if it's a shorter game. It's still in an open world setting. Mm. That game looks next gen. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> Halo, while I liked it, I had no problems when I saw it, does not look next gen. It just looks like a good looking Xbox One X game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are those are truthful statements. Hey, I'm up. with you. Well, it's, it's not next That's gen why... anymore. So it's soon it's going to be current gen. So convenient that our name is... That's just so convenient. Just uh, very convenient. And the game director left uh, that Halo production, right, I believe. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, so, he got reassigned. He got reassigned. Yeah, we know what that means. Yeah, We all Office know space. what that means. Way to really <laughs> he, screw us out of millions and millions of dollars. You we've had. reassigned you to our new office up in Iceland. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. 
there's all, people there. All by yourself, actually. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, you're gonna work on the Ori sequel. By <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. You two, thanks for staying up and chatting. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya.